أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك لعبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we're going to take page number 8 of the Quran which is still in the first juz in surah al-Baqarah In our previous episode Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the passage that we had begun Allah Azza wa was speaking about the people of Israel, Bani Israel, the children of Israel. And as we said, Israel is from the names of the Prophet Ya'qub And his descendants and the tribes that emerged from his descendants then became known as Bani Israel and the children of Israel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, as we said, it is a surah that speaks about the most important principles that the Muslim needs in order to to firm up and shore up his own tawheed, his belief in Allah Azza wa his belief system, in the way that the Muslims should conduct themselves in terms of their of their of the rights that Allah Azza wa has upon them and their religious duties. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now speaking about the people of Bani Israel because of the many blessings that Allah Azza wa bestowed upon them. In the previous episode twice, Allah Azza wa said in two different verses in that same on that same page, page number seven, O children of Israel, remember the many blessings that I bestowed upon you. Because from the benefits of Iman is that Allah bestows blessings upon you. But as a result of those blessings, you must continue to worship Allah, praise Allah, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to keep those blessings and to increase them. And at the same time, Allah blesses people who are not from the people of Iman as a way of a reminder for them that perhaps perchance they would stop and they would think and they would contemplate upon the very fact that Allah is giving them his blessings and that those blessings should lead him back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bani Israel are a nation of people who over the generations and over time were sent many prophets and messengers by Allah and were given many revelations and divine books by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, each one of them calling them back to Allah azza wa jal. But over time and over those generations, time and time again, as Allah Azza wa Jal will mention elsewhere in the Quran when we come to those passages and those to those particular surahs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how they would often turn back to shirk and kufr and to the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Azza wa Jal is giving us these lessons that you are Muslims, don't be like the people of Bani Israel. Don't make the mistakes that they made. Don't fall into the same issues that they fell into. If you are people who truly believe in Allah Accept the Quran, accept the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then submit wholeheartedly, as Allah azza wa jal says in the verse, "Udhulu fi silmi kafa." Enter into Islam wholeheartedly, meaning fully. Submit to Allah subhanahu wa taala when it comes to everything. So Allah azza wa jal on this page, page number eight, we begin with verse number forty-nine. Allah subhanahu wa taala will list a number of the blessings that He bestowed upon them and a number of the issues that the people of Bani Israel then fell into as well. And so these are not necessarily in any particular order. 
Allah Azza wa isn't mentioning them chronologically in the sense that each one took place immediately after the other, but rather it is a list. Allah Azza wa is saying, remember my blessings. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then lists these blessings so that they may be reminded of them. Allah Azza wa says in verse number 49, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِذْ نَجَّيْنَاكُمْ مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ يَسُومُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يُذَبِّحُونَ أَبَنَاءَكُمْ يُذَبِّحُونَ أَبَنَاءَكُمْ وَيَسْتَحْيُونَ نِسَاءَكُمْ وَفِي ذَلِكُمْ بَلَاءٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ عَظِيمٌ He says, remember, meaning speaking to the people of Bani Israel, remember when we saved you from Pharaoh and his people, who subjected you to terrible torment, slaughtering your sons and sparing only your women. This was indeed a great trial from your Lord. From the greatest blessings of Allah Azza wa upon Bani Israel, is as we know and as will be mentioned in many multiple places throughout the Quran in the story of the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, from the greatest of blessings that Allah that Allah bestowed upon Bani Israel is that he saved them from Pharaoh and from his oppression, his transgression, his tyranny. And from that tyranny is the one that Allah Azza wa mentions in verse 49. That Pharaoh and his people, Allah Azza wa uses the word Ali Fir'aun. And the people of Pharaoh means predominantly his advisors, his soldiers, the people that would go and actively oppress Bani Israel. They enslaved them. And they enslaved them in such a way that when they feared some harm potentially would come from them, as we know in some of the books of the stories of history and the stories of the prophets, that Pharaoh saw in a dream that his destruction would be at the hands of a child, a male child from the children of Bani Israel. He commanded this thing that Allah Azza wa Jalla, he gave this command that Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions to us in verse 49. And that is, that every male child should be slaughtered. And that they should allow the women to live because he didn't fear from them that destruction that he saw within his dream. And Allah says that indeed within that is one of the greatest of trials and tests. Because one of the greatest trials that you can face and one of the most fearful things that you can experience in your life is transgression and tyranny of that scale. To live in a state of war, to live in persecution. And you know all we have to do is look around the world, unfortunately in the many places that this is taking place in Muslim lands and in non-Muslim lands, where people are being transgressed, there is oppression, there is tyranny. To imagine yourself living in that place with your children, with your family members, with your elderly parents, with the people that you love, that you are responsible for, that you care for, and not knowing whether you will see the evening because people are actively trying to kill you or harm you or whatever it is that that may be happening, that is from the greatest of trials that a person can face. But Allah says, remember, not necessarily only the trial, because the trial in itself is a is a difficulty. Remember that we saved you from that, that we delivered you from that, that we gave you salvation from it as Allah had promised to Bani Israel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse 50 and he reminds them and he says, وَإِذْ فَرَقَنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ وَأَغْرَقَنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ And when we parted the sea for you, so saving you and drowning Pharaoh's people right before your eyes. Remember that not only did we save you from this, but we destroyed your enemies as well. We saved you from Pharaoh and his armies and their oppression and their tyranny. And when you were escaping or leaving the land of Egypt and you came across that sea between you and behind you at your back, at your rear, is Pharaoh with his army coming to kill you and to destroy you? 
That is when Allah gave to you one of his great blessings. And Allah split the sea for you. And we will see the details of this story in particular or these particular incidents elsewhere in the Quran. Allah will speak about them in more detail in surahs like Surah Al-Araf and in Surah Taha and in other places in which the story of Musa والسلام, is mentioned in more detail. The purpose here in Surah Al-Baqarah is not to go through the life story of Musa والسلام, or necessarily the story of the people of Bani Israel. But rather Allah is saying, that from the ways that people benefit in their iman, from the things that Allah Azza wa gives to people of iman, is He gives them numerous blessings. <coughs> Excuse me. So, just as with Bani Israel, sometimes those blessings, they take a while, they take time for you to be able to, uh, to, to realize them and for them to actualize. And so, for example... Someone is in a trial today. The people of Bani Israel remained in bondage for generations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised them salvation, that he would deliver them from the tyranny of Pharaoh. But he didn't put a timeline onto it. But it is still from the greatest blessings of Allah azza wa jal, because those people who die within that tyranny and oppression, so long as they are people of Iman, Allah azza wa forgives them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved them from the punishment of the Akhirah. And for those people that are living and they see the sign of Allah Azza wa Jal actually coming and materializing before their eyes, that in itself also is from the great blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In verse number 51, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَإِذْ وَاعَدَنَا مُوسَىٰ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعِجَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ And we appointed 40 nights for Musa. And then while he was away, you took to worshipping the calf, and that was a terrible wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and remember, from the blessings of Allah azza wa jal are the 40 nights that were promised to the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is the part of the story in the life of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, when after having been delivered from Egypt and from the tyranny and oppression of Pharaoh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam to the mountain, upon which he would then reveal to him the Torah. The Torah would be the divine revelation, the divine book that Allah azza wa would give to Musa والسلام, and to his people. And that in itself is from the greatest of blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he can give to any nation or to any group of people. That Allah azza wa gives them divine revelation in the form of a book that they can read, that they can see. For us, that divine revelation is found in this, the book of Allah Azza wa Jal, the Qur'an. From the greatest blessings of Allah Azza wa Jal is that He gave to us the Qur'an. From the greatest miracles that our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was given was the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala told the Prophet Musa Alayhi Salatu Wasallam that he would have to go and meet his Lord. And that meeting of his Lord, that travel, that meeting of his Lord took 40 days as Allah Azza wa Jal will mention in more detail elsewhere in the Qur'an again. The purpose here is not to go through the detail of the aspect of the story, but to list the blessing and then to see how the people of Pharaoh responded. Allah saved them from Pharaoh. Allah Azzawajal parted for them the sea. They have seen the miracles that Allah Azzawajal has given to the Prophet Musa والسلام. They have seen the promise of Allah Azzawajal come true. And now they're told that Musa والسلام, will come back with an even greater blessing. And that, are, that is the speech and the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do they do in the absence of their prophet and their messenger? As we know, they go and they worship the calf. They build for themselves, construct by their own hands, a God that they would worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They see the signs of tawheed, the signs of iman, the signs that show to them the truthfulness of the prophet and messenger Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, 
And despite all of that, what do they do? They still turn away from Allah at the first opportunity and they perform shirk. And that shows to you how precious Iman and Tawheed is. That if people can be in that situation, see what they see, experience what they experience, hear what they hear, and still shaitan can come and misguide them, then what about the people who aren't in those situations, who don't experience and see what those people saw and what they experienced? It is therefore something that you should never take for granted. That I should never take for granted that we have Iman. Just because my parents were Muslim, or I happened to be born a Muslim, or my name is a Muslim name, or my complexion and my appearance may appear to be like a Muslim, should never take for granted Iman. Because the Prophet told us وسلم, that a time would come when people would wake up being a Muslim and by evening they would be non-Muslims. Or they would come upon the evening as Muslims and by the morning they would have disbelieved in their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah says, look at all of these blessings that they were given and still they turned away. Just as today, unfortunately, we see many amongst our Muslim brothers and sisters across the ummah, across the world, worshipping other than Allah committing shirk, performing acts of kufr in one way or another. And that may be because of their ignorance, it may be for whatever reason, but either way, it is still an act of kufr, an act of shirk. And so it is extremely dangerous. And so to just have this, uh, you know, this, this, this feeling or this, uh, this type of thinking and mindset that you automatically are guaranteed iman because you simply hope to be a Muslim or claim to be a Muslim or profess to be a Muslim is not necessarily the case. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look at all of these blessings that we gave to Bani Israel and look at the way that they responded. And then Allah Azza wa Jal gave them a further blessing as he mentions in verse number 52. Even then we forgave you, Allah says, so that you may be thankful. Those people who worship the calf and then they turn to Allah Azza wa Jal in repentance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave them as well. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that from the most beautiful mercy and generosity and forgiveness of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even those people who sin, and even if they were to commit shirk, but then they were to return to Islam, Allah Azza wa would forgive that shirk. And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful, and He is of forgiving Jalla fi ula. So long as people make sincere tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sincere repentance, Allah Azza wa will always forgive them. And so, a person who sins as a Muslim, we sin, we disobey Allah Azza wa Some of us may commit major sins, major sins that we commit that we should have stayed away from. At times, there may be people who commit acts of kufr and shirk. Doesn't mean that they're non-Muslims, but the action that they performed is an act of disbelief, and so therefore it is very dangerous. It holds upon it the threat that that person may leave the fold of Islam. But whatever that case or situation may be, if those people were to turn back to Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would forgive them. That is also from the great blessings of Allah Azza wa Jal upon the people of Bani Israel. In verse 53, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues with another blessing. And remember when we gave to Musa salam the scripture, meaning the Torah, and the means to distinguish between right and wrong so that you may be guided. Allah Azza wa gave to the Prophet Musa والسلام, the Torah. And the Torah, as Allah Azza wa mentions elsewhere in the Quran, contained guidance. It contained a light for those people. And as Allah Azza wa says here in this verse, one of the greatest uh, purposes of that revelation, one of the greatest benefits of any scripture, any divine book being revealed, is that it gives to you a criterion, a distinguishing 
factor between what is correct and what is incorrect, what is right, what is wrong, what is halal, what is haram. That is one of the main purposes of creation. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you through that creation to distinguish between what is pleasing to Allah azza wa jal, what is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why from the names of the Qur'an is that there is Al-Furqan, as Allah says in the surah called Al-Furqan. تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانَ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ Blessed be the one who revealed the Furqan to his servant, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Furqan is something which distinguishes between right and wrong. And that is why the famous companion, Umar ibn al-Khattab, was given the title Al-Faruq from the same root word. And that is because Al-Faruq is the one who can distinguish between what is right and between what is wrong. And so the Muslims, therefore, when they come to the book of Allah, the Quran is not just simply for us to read without understanding. It's not just simply for us to use you know, on special occasions or in, only in the month of Ramadan or, for example, some other times and places. The Quran is a book of guidance that will tell you what is correct and what is incorrect. It will make clear for you the path that will lead you to Jannah and the other paths that will lead you towards the fire. And likewise, the people of Bani Israel were given such a revelation that in their time with their prophet and their messenger would give to them that same ability to be able to distinguish between what is correct and what is incorrect. So when people come and they say, we didn't know that was kufr, we didn't know that was shirk, we didn't know that was innovation, we didn't know, for example, that's a major sin or that it's a mistake or that it's haram, you don't know because you didn't use the revelation of Allah in the way that it was meant to be used. The onus is upon you to learn, to seek knowledge, to seek guidance, just as me and you, if we were opening a business or we want to get married or our children need to find a school or they're going to, we're going to research, we're going to study, I want to go on holiday, I want to go. We're always going to look and research until we are confident to the best of our ability that the choice that we're making, the decision that we're making is in our best interests. So why then? When it comes to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why then when it comes to Allah azza wa jal, do we not do the same? Why then when it comes to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are we not willing to learn what we need to learn? To seek the knowledge that we need to seek in order for us to be sure that we are pleasing our Lord and worshipping Him in the way that He has the right to be worshipped subhanahu wa ta'ala. In verse 54, Allah azza wa jal then continues and He says, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَىٰ لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ إِنَّكُمْ ظَلَمْتُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ بِاتِّخَاذِكُمُ الْعِجْلَ فَتُوبُوا فَتُوبُوا إِلَىٰ بَارِئِكُمْ فَقَتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ ذَٰلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ بَارِئِكُمْ فَتَابَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, Allah says, remember when Musa said to his people, my people you have wronged yourselves by worshipping the calf. So repent to your maker and kill the guilty amongst you. That is the best you can do in the eyes of your maker. He accepted your repentance. He is the ever relenting, meaning the one who often accepts repentance and the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember from the blessings of Allah azza wa jal is that when you even committed your act of shirk and kufr by worshipping the calf, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah azza wa jal laid out for you the path back towards him. Allah told you subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the way of your repentance if you wish to repent to your Lord and to your Creator. And so Musa alayhi salatu wasalam later, and that is from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that when someone goes that far away, they're told this is the path back to Allah azza wa jal. And from the conditions that were placed upon them is that they would have to make tawbah in such a way that those who were the people that were, that were guilty of the worshipping of the calf 
or, 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 or the ones who facilitated that, they would be from amongst those people that would have to be killed. That was the law of Musa والسلام, and the Sharia of that time. And it is for Allah and for the revelation that He gives to His prophets and messengers to decide. It's not for me or you to question and say, that seems harsh, that doesn't seem right. It's not for me or you to do. These are the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the commands that were given to His messenger Musa. But the reason why it is mentioned here as a blessing is because it is from the greatest blessings of Allah Azzawajal. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to see after your own oppression and your transgression, He allows you to find a way back to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He allows you to understand the route to back to tawbah. And that is the beauty of our religion, Islam. We know that if we sin and disobey Allah Azza wa Jal, but then we turn back making istighfar, making tawbah, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us, those paths of tawbah have been made clear and have been clarified by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You follow those paths, then inshallah, by Allah's permission and His will, He will forgive you. And that is the promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes in the Qur'an. And that is why often Allah azza wa even after mentioning the major sins, things like zina, things like murder, things like uh, you know the major sins of Islam, Allah azza wa mostly or more or less every single time in the Qur'an will mention the exception and will say, except for those who repent except for those who believe, do righteous deeds and repent. Because that exception is extremely important. Because as humans we may sin, as humans we disobey Allah as humans some of us will fall into major sins and commit major crimes. Allah says concerning the, the punishment of the next life, if you make tawbah, that will be lifted from you. As for the punishment of this life, for example, the laws of the land and so on, then that is a different matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues in verse number 55 and he says, وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَىٰ لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكَ حَتَّى نَرَى اللَّهَ جَهْرَةً فَأَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّاعِقَةُ فَأَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّاعِقَةُ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ Remember when you said, O Musa, we will not believe in you until we see God face to face. At that, thunderbolts struck you as you looked upon. Allah says, and remember, that despite the many blessings that Allah gave to you, despite the many signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent for you, despite the many miracles that you saw at the hands of Musa والسلام, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you still had the audacity to ask Allah and to demand from Allah that He should come and visibly present Himself before you. One of the reasons that this is being mentioned here is because, as we said before in the previous episode, one of the, one of the, the fruits and benefits of Iman, of faith, is that it should humble you before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The best of the servants of Allah azza wa jal are those servants who are most humble before their Lord. They are people of humility and of humbleness. And that is when the hadith, when the Prophet wasallam was presented by, with two drinks on the night journey, the angel gave him the choice between drinking from milk or drinking from wine. And the Prophet wasallam chose the more humble of the two drinks. Because milk is the drink of the masses. It is the drink of all of the people, the poor, the needy, everyone drinks milk. But wine, and especially wine of grapes, is something during those times that was reserved for the elite because of how precious it was, how expensive it was, and so on. The Prophet ﷺ chose the milk. Jibreel ﷺ said, You fitra. You have taken what your fitrah has said. You have done as you should. And were you to have taken the other one, then your ummah would have been misguided. 
it is a symbol of humility, of humbleness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when you see the signs of Allah Azza wa Jalla, as the companions would do, they would see the miracles of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they would see the signs of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, they would see the victories that Allah Azza wa Jalla gave to them. Will that make them more arrogant? Will that make them think, oh, we're, we're the ones with all of the power and the might we can do as we please and, and however we please? Or do you see the likes of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhum and all of those companions radiallahu anhum becoming more humble as a result? This is the difference. Here in the story of Bani Israel, there was a segment from amongst them who despite seeing everything that they saw and seeing all of those miracles and signs, it increased them in arrogance and audacity. To command Allah to come and to present himself before you, who are you to make a command? You couldn't even command in this world, in this dunya, a leader, a king, a president, a CEO of a company, even sometimes your own family members, you can't command them to come and present themselves before you in that way let alone your creator, your originator, your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah azza wa jal says, فَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّاعِقَةِ So Allah azza wa jal punished you with the thunderbolt that struck you. Either it struck you to death, or as some of the scholars said, that it struck them to the extent that they were, they were rendered unconscious. And that is because of the audacity that they had. And this is similar to the same claims as Allah mentions in Surah Al-Isra that were made of by the Quraysh for the Prophet that they would also ask for these types of things. They asked the Prophet to present Allah before them that they should be able to see the angels, that he should have palaces made of, of gems and precious stones. All of these demands that they had, Allah has given you enough signs for you to have iman, for you to be sure and to have certainty that you need to worship Allah alone. To demand more than this is not because you sincerely want belief, it is because you want to transgress the boundaries that Allah has set for you. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in verse number 56, ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَوْتِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ And then we revived you after your death, so that you may be thankful. Meaning that after that thunderbolt struck you and that you overcome by unconsciousness or by death, Allah says that then we revived you again as a further sign. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the people of Bani Israel so many signs, so many miracles, so many indications that they need to submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at each and every single turn, there is always from amongst them a group who will disbelieve, who will disobey, who will try to find ways around the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are lessons for us because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us that many of us would follow in the footsteps of these nations that came before us. And so therefore we have today amongst the Muslims, people who commit shirk and people who disbelieve and people who disobey Allah azza wa jal, people who try to find ways around the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, I know that Allah says this, but I'm busy or I don't have the time or these are my circumstances or yes, I'm the exception to the rule. We're always trying to find excuses, means, ways, justifications, reasons to circumvent the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the, from the blessings that Allah azza wa gave is the one that is mentioned in the final verse on this page, verse number 57, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامَ وَأَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَنَّ وَالسَّلْوَىٰ كُلُوا مِن طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ وَمَا ظَلَمُونَا وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْنِمُونَ we made the clouds cover you with shade, 
sent manna and quails down to you, saying, Eat the good things that we have provided for you. It was not, not us they wronged, but rather they wronged themselves. Allah says that from the blessings that Allah gave to them, is that when they were wandering in the desert, going towards the promised land, after they left Egypt, and they're in the desert, walking, Allah cloud, sheltered them with clouds. They had shade that was given to them by clouds. Allah didn't have to, uh, you know, it's not something which you necessarily find, especially in the desert, that there will be clouds that will give you shade. Because usually in the desert environment, the sun is extremely strong. And there is very little cloud that will give you shade. And the cloud that gives you shade is the heavy cloud that blocks out the rays of the sun. Not the normal white clouds that you find in the sky. They don't really give you shade. Allah says, we sent upon you ghamam, those types of clouds that will give you shade. And Allah says that in the middle of the desert, we sent upon you al-manna wa salwa. And al-man is every type of good food and provision. And that includes all types of things. The scholars differ as to exactly what it is. Some of them said that it is a sweet type of food that they were given and so on. Scholars of tafsir have different, uh, different positions, but the 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 common denominator between all of those different positions amongst the scholars of tafsir is that it is amazing food normally if you're in the desert you expect to survive upon the bare minimum you expect to survive upon you know whatever you can find whatever you can scavenge whatever you can hunt for allah says that we gave to you the most amazing type of food was salwa and we gave to you quails birds that are extremely delicious and good to eat and we said to you, eat from that which we have provided for you. But still, despite all of this, they will still continue to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue to disobey the Messenger Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. And that is why Allah says that when they did all of this, all of their disobedience, all of their disagreements, they didn't, they didn't oppress Allah by doing so. They don't harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing so. But rather, they wrong themselves and they harm themselves. So this page speaks about the many blessings that Allah Azza wa Jal bestowed upon the people of Bani Israel. And on the next page we will continue to mention them because Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to list the many blessings that He bestowed upon them, but also the many errors that then were made and the many sins that then were committed by the people of Bani Israel. So until inshallah ta'ala we meet again in our next episode. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم